Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You would not believe the ordeal that I have endured already by the time we're recording. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you. I know this involves the airport, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Tell me. So about a year ago, <laughs> Richie and I applied for global entry and we got immediately conditionally a- approved, but we had mm-hmm. to have a meeting to go speak to a human mm-hmm. to, you know, make sure we're not, you know, not human, <laughs> not, not, you know, we're not mean robots. So we may so that it was impossible to make any appointments in LA in LA at LAX. Apparently, they were just completely blocked off for a year. So mm. he made appointments in at one point San Diego and in Phoenix, and we're just like, let's just do a weekend in Phoenix and go have an appointment because it's just like it makes such a difference for international travel. Uh-huh. But it's like you know you have to go to basically an airport and then you have to like go meet with border control and you have to do a whole thing. Eventually, appointments opened up at LAX. Uh huh. Months and months ago. And so Richie made an appointment for two people. You can block off and you, and you say, how, for how many people? Two people. Then it shows you times and you select the time. Mm-hmm. So we go at the crack of mid-morning today <laughs> and go all the way to fucking LAX, which if you live in LA, you completely understand is not something you feel like doing for fun. Right. So we go and it's like, We've done everything. We've printed out our entire lease to take to the government. We have our pa- passports. We have our IDs. We have proof of revenue. We have bills. We have every single thing you could ever possibly need. And we walk up, and the meanest little oh, no. fucking bitch woman ever is uh, working the desk. And she must be from the um, MBA in Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> she was so. Awful. She was so, so awful. I don't have a kind word to say about her. And you know what? <laughs> I have a lot of mean ones. Uh-huh. Um, and she just like, she's just like, what's the name? Okay. I don't see Harbison in here. And he's like, well, uh-huh. I made an appointment for two people. And he's like, did you, she's like, did you go into her account and make another appointment? Oh my God. Because you have to make both. It shows you times for two people, but you have to make both appointments. 
And he's like, well, no. And then we was like, well, okay, can we just, can we make an appointment for today? Can we do, can, can, can you fit her in? And then she's like. Since it's been slotted, right? Yeah. Well, you would think that that's what that meant. Uh So then she says, you'd have to go online and and try to make an appointment and and hope for a cancellation. That's it. And he's like, we can't do it like person to person. And she's like, no, no. She was so rude, so rude, so impatient and acted like we were so dumb. Mm -hmm. Then she says, do you, do you have um, everything you need? Do you have your passport and everything? And he's like, yeah, I have everything for both of us. And he's like, she's like, I only asked about for you, sir. <gasps> and oh, I just went, oh, and, 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 and I was, to somebody's face. Ew. I know. And I was like, oh, you only asked for, okay. And then Richie goes, I heard it. And then like, we just, and it was just like, it was crazy. And so then like we, I go and I look and I see when there's a next appointment, April, <laughs> April. It's February right now. Oh my god! So I was, I was like mind blown, and then like, and then they call him back immediately, and then in that like fifteen seconds, that I, then I go up to the desk and I'm like, look, it only says it says that there's not an appointment until April. I have every single thing that I need. I'm flying mm-hmm. tomorrow. I would really appreciate if there was. An, is there a way to ask the officer? Mm-hmm. And then Richie walks out. He's done. It took under a minute. <gasps> and I was like, is there a way to ask the officer if he can if he can fit me in? And he's like. She's like, I, did he ask? And points at Richie. And he's like, no, may I? And he starts walking back. She's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then she goes up and talks to an officer. And I like make like a really like pleading face. And then he just shakes his head and walks away. Richie? <laughs> no, the officer. Oh, he, no. He gives his answer of no and walks <gasps> away. So you don't have it? No. She was so fucking rude. She was so mean. Every single th- every single way she spoke to me was so rude and like dehumanizing. I just couldn't believe it. I really I, like she was just so unkind. She would not even look at me, by the way. Also, she was one of those people who will only look at the man who's speaking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Insane. Well, I don't know. I feel like you're dipping in and out of invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe oh it's God. that. You know what I really need? I think you need a theme song. Well, welcome to Nameless Best Friends. I'm Paige and I don't matter. <laughs> I'm Beth and I'm glad I'm not traveling. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I don't have that many notes for this movie, and uh, uh, I, there are several reasons for that, perhaps. But um, what what are we what are we moving? Hmm? <laughs> the answer to that question is an American in Austin, <laughs> Harriet, who thinks no man, no real man, compares to Mister Darcy, is transported into the Pride and Prejudice and gets an unexpected chance to find out. Did you notice the name of the heroine? The of course actress? I did. Okay. Of course I did. Eliza Here's Bennett. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, her parents, probably her mom, huge <laughs> fan of Jane Austen and named her that. That's her real name, Elizabeth Bennett. Wow. And she just happened to become an actress and, fun fact, she is British. I know. Yeah. And she is delightful. She's adorable. 
Mr. Oh. Darcy, though. She she could th- she had a great American accent, except she kept saying Mr. Darcy. <laughs> oh, did she? I didn't notice that. And I was listening, but it was quite late. It was the only time it was the only thing that she kept saying that was crazy, Mr. Darcy. Oh <laughs> Not Mr. Darcy. This was for me, this was the best Hallmark movie I've ever seen, bar none. Yeah. Well, did you come up with a title for it? No. <laughs> You're so bad. Whatever. We have very, very little format in this show. <laughs> this, the conversations we have about me not doing a title are much more interesting than any fucking title <laughs> I'm going to come up with because I'm bad at it. Uh, well, I came up with Stealing Mr. Darcy, which honestly just sounds like a Hallmark movie. It wasn't that like funny or creative. It does sound like that. God, this and was a good, what it was. good, good premise. Oh, this should have been a book. I don't believe it was actually I say that. And I hope I'm not disrespecting some author out there who did write it, but props to whoever wrote it. My Great. only problem with this was it didn't have a ton of plot. It's like, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that it was like, I thought it was really fun to be in this world. I thought she was really great, but I thought that it was like a lot of, uh, there was really she didn't have her own plot it was like one of, it was like kind of a master class in like the the writing tip of like write write your book about the most interesting character and if your main character isn't the most interesting character then you have to do more work because you she know, didn't really have her own plot she just didn't have you you're shaking your head go, go ahead don't <laughs> worry that i have stopped listening <laughs> because i disagree so much she just didn't really have her own her own thing i mean it was like it like her thing with Mr. Darcy, the stealing of him, you know, like the um, the interest he had in her and everything, that felt very like, that felt like a subplot. And then like her, you know, problem with the fact that she, you know, had the ex or had the boyfriend back home who was waiting on her answer, that all felt like subplot. She didn't have like a bigger character arc that she needed to figure out to me. And it was just like, I don't think it just, it just, this is though, if I'm looking at it as a real movie, like if it was a real movie, it would need a lot more, like we need higher stakes. There would need to be more going on. (laughs) You're just wrinkling your eyes and just, you don't believe me at all. (laughs) Well, if Richie were next to you, I would just be looking at him. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, he would agree with me. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting on what you just said about the people lately, not listening to you because you're invisible. Oh, yes, right. But yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that she was super charming and it was very beautiful. And Jane- She was our placeholder. And the the book itself, Pride and Prejudice, already had structure. So I think this was just a different form of storytelling. And I thought it was perfect. But she, it was almost told in the second person, I feel like, is what was weird well, about it. like The Great Gatsby. I know exactly what I was thinking. But it, it's just that, I don't know. It's like, again, like I didn't have a problem with it. It's just that that's what it was not doing. Like, it just didn't have, it didn't have a driving plot where, like, and I understand that the plot was kind of like that she arrives in Pride and Prejudice and her very arrival screws everything up. But it didn't, it didn't really have, like, a finite blast to me that like where it was like, Oh, she's really got a lot to clean up. It felt like it was very slow. And like, maybe that was part of why it was nice. It was kind of like Xanax, the movie, but it was just (laughs) like, it just like, I don't know. She didn't have, there wasn't a huge reason for her to do very much. She just kind of was like trying to get the plot back together, but yeah, I don't know. 
Well, to be fair, I was watching late at night and I actually had to pause it for about two hours of sobbing in between because of something uh, not relevant to the movie. And to be fair, you're being a drama queen about why you were so- crying. Was definitely, I was definitely being a drama queen. Okay. But, but, you know, that was owing to it being, you know, late at night. I had had a glass of wine, but only one. So I don't think that was affecting me at all. Is it raining uh, there? It's raining here. It's been pouring for days. It's gray here. Um, I had something out front that couldn't get wet, and it started to look like it was going to rain, and then I put it in the garage, so now it probably won't rain here. <laughs> but it is, it, is, um, it, is, it is gray, and I'm hating that. And it's just mm-hmm. been, I mean, for here. We went our first year, and I realize how important rain is. I do realize that. Yeah, but yeah. just psychologically, the first year we were here, I think it didn't rain. It just, I've said this before, but the first time it rained, I didn't know what the sound was. I had to go out and look. <laughs> now, that's not because I had forgotten what rain sounds like, but because I had never lived in a house that didn't have gutters before, and the way it spills off the roof sounds quite different. Oh, I um, never thought about that. Yeah, the houses here don't have gutters because they generally don't need them. Crazy. So... But that that said, I mean, and also we we have sprinklers instead, so that's a different. I mean, it was just I don't know, discordant. But the, anyway, so it's it's been a bit gloomy, and I think that was informing my mood a little bit. And, uh, and this is a great da- antidote to that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. So I I was like I was ready to escape, and I was kind of with her, like I said, as a placeholder. Now maybe something that would have solved this for you some is if she had been a little bit more interested in getting back in time or out of fiction or waking up or just puzzling somehow over that's always, I love writing and reading time travel kinds of things, but I do think that you need that acknowledgement of like what's going on. You know, this is, you you have to kind of decide, okay, this is a dream. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to, I remember in my psychology class in college, this is true for me too, but you know, mm-hmm. I remember in psychology class talking about lucid dreaming, which is, everybody knows what that is, Yeah, where you can try and solve your problems or work through your subconscious by going with lucid dreaming. So that would be, um, for me, that would be a, a workable way to not just, you know, dwell for two hours on how is this happening? Because, you know, that would be very yeah, realistic yeah. in real life, but also tiresome to watch. Yes, and I, and I think that that's the thing is that like upping any stakes. Like she likes Pride and Prejudice, but she's like pissy that she's there, which made me feel like she should hate Pride and Prejudice. Like maybe her her sister loves it, and she's just like Mr. Darcy isn't real. Blah blah blah. Like maybe it was if it was coming from that angle, so that by the end she loves that also because she so because i mean i liked her being i liked her being pissy about being there i liked her hating the corsets and stuff but if you love jane austen yeah you'd love it you'd be into it it's just like i'm not gonna get a letter from hogwarts and be like oh this castle's so drafty (laughs) yeah like it's like i just feel like that's the that's the problem is that everything needed to just be heightened and just pushed a little bit more in each direction mr darcy could have been less goofy and like he didn't feel true to the original Mr. Darcy to well, he me. Wasn't, and he wasn't handsome. No, and he but he, and he, he wasn't handsome and he wasn't really moody. He was kind of a dick, but then he was like obsessed with her and he was fully giving Thomas the ghost from ghosts. He like he just was so like yeah. lovesick. And it was yeah, just like Yeah, and he definitely will get to it, but Mr. Darcy never would have plagiarized Lord Byron, no. much less been psychic and plagiarized a Lord Byron poem that was written the year after this uh, action took place. Yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, that's, I think that, and we'll get through it as we're, as we're going through, mm-hmm. but it's just like, yeah, I just feel like every stake needed to be higher. And if like, if someone had given me the script and asked me to like red pen it, it would have been like, I'm not going to cross anything out. I just want you to push things further and then bring mm-hmm. it back to me. Like it I just like that make her, yeah, like make her need more, make her hate it. Not just like kind of not like it or make her obsessed with it make her never want to go home. Like whatever mm-hmm. she has mm-hmm. to want more instead it was just like i don't know if i want to marry my boyfriend i'm in pride and prejudice and well or just I, even for a while it. because <laughs> then she started to panic that the story was changing and that was legit too and it was a very refreshing change from what what you know happens all the time now which was the back to the future oh no people are disappearing from the photo well, so, the, I think that that's one of the other reasons I needed higher stakes from her plot was because this was all a book. You know, it's not there aren't really I wanted a little bit more acknowledgement of that because you could even especially as a very educated woman which she was say okay, I get that we don't understand everything about the time space continuum, but <sighs> this is not real, real. history. Right, exactly. And she was acting like it was time travel the whole time, uh-huh. where it's like, oh, no, these people have to get together or the whole course of time is going to be changed. It's like, what would be changed would be literature, you mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. like, it, and that's important, too. But she didn't acknowledge that or talk about that and say, like, this, the, this has dictated storytelling. And I really care about that or something like that. Not that that's not particularly strong enough either. But it that's the thing is just like, all of the stakes were pretty low, because it's it's almost, first of all, it's like, Anything that takes place in a dream is already low stakes. Mm -hmm. Putting a fictional story in a dream is like low, low stakes. Mm -hmm. And then add to that that the character herself didn't really need anything but to decide if she wanted to marry her boyfriend that she liked. Mm -hmm. It didn't. It just was low, 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 low stakes. But the thing about it is that I liked it and it didn't need to be that because Hallmark movies are not what I go to for stakes. I watched Panic Room last night for the first time. Yeah. And that was great. Stakes. I go to David Fincher, not Hallmark. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as well, far as like being a nice thing to put on, which is one thing we talked a lot about during Countdown to Christmas. Yeah. We're like, I don't. Well, Jack said at one point, he's like, yeah, hot take. I don't need plot. Yeah. <laughs> like, interesting. He said that. And it's like, this is this movie is the answer to what Jack was saying. I think he would have enjoyed this. I I know he was very tied up, too. But um, yeah. but but all of that said, I mean, like, so we're talking about how it could have been improved, which is which is a fine topic. Yeah. But I, I, I really do. I, for me, it was perfect. And I really will stand by. We saw some really, we've seen some extraordinarily good movies and it's some extraordinarily bad movies, you know, since we've been doing this and since we've been really watching them all mm-hmm. and they're very little in between, but even for all the good ones we had, I think this, for me, this is the best. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved her eye roll when Wickham starts yeah. Wickhaming. Yeah. But um, yeah. also, I think that if I knew Pride and Prejudice better, which at this point in my life, I'm never going to because if it hasn't, if I haven't absorbed it, I mean, even even as I was watching, I was like, wait, Jane Austen named one of her characters Jane? Yeah. <laughs> I had the same thought. Uh, but um, so I'd never noticed that before. Um you know, I, I think that that somebody who's a real a real I'd like to know. I'm gonna at least try and get my sister to watch this. She she loves all things Jane Austen. I mm-hmm. wonder what a real somebody who's really familiar with it would have thought. But uh, you know, like like I said, for me, this character was just a placeholder, and it was a fun fun story. 
She was, and I, she also had a lot of funny lines. She was very funny, and the oh, actress was fun. So, and she did them perfectly. She was believable. The actress mm-hmm. really inhabited the character, and I like yeah. that. So it yeah. starts with her. She's a librarian. She's working. Um, ha- she's happy. She's happy in her library life, and uh, a kid that she obviously knows. Uh, sort of a little variation of Belle coming up and saying, mm-hmm. "Well, I just finished this. It was a little bleak, basically." And love it was in the time of love cholera. Time of cholera. <laughs> so then she suggests that she read Pride and Prejudice. So you know, oh, this was one of my favorites when I was young, and I think a lot of people. I was not reading Jane Austen when I was a teenager. I was reading more torrid uh, Kathleen Woodywis, which mm-hmm. was Bought was pretty was yeah, but was pretty literary actually in retrospect. I don't yeah, think most kids now would have the attention span for it. But uh, anyway, so she suggests that, and that was a really nice way to you know introduce what she is and what her mindset is and then her boyfriend her goofy boyfriend ethan shows up but my first note was seems nice you know like she was happy to see him i kind of yeah i kind of got got the the little clue this is different right away because ethan is not ignoring her and he's not like i got the promotion (laughs) (laughs) he's just goofy and so they they go (laughs) They go where they went on their first date or whatever it is. They go back to to their apartment, his apartment, her apartment, something, and he proposes. Um, I think one of their first dates was seeing Foreigner of um, all yes. things. I have a lot of notes on that because okay. <laughs> I feel like – well, not a lot of notes, but it's like – I feel like you can often tell the, the – it's often really dated references Mm-hmm. You know, in yes. these things where it's just like, oh yeah, a foreigner, and it's I like thought. that's what I thought. I was like, 80s. oh my god, exactly. Yeah, because I was just like, I don't know. I, I did have do- that thought. I was, I was like, that's awfully retro because foreigner was my generation, and that's not one that really carried on to like. You're not listening to foreigner. No, I'm not either. Like, by the way, no, no, and it's like everybody knows the songs that they know, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean. I don't know. Either go way more classic, mm-hmm. like oh, we fell in love over the over the Beatles or the Stones or something like that. Uh-huh. But this was just like foreigner. Yeah, you guys don't look like big foreigner heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But maybe that was kind of fun too. I mean, like that could have been kind of a deeper level. This is how geeky these two are together yeah yeah it's just i don't know it just it was it bumped for me and that's the problem but and then he starts singing well also you missed the very very beginning the coldest open is the when she's running through the field dressed in like you know uh was it Regency? What was it? Georgian? Whatever. Georgian. <laughs> she, she was dressed Georgia. in Georgian, like a big white, like a white dress running through the field. And there's a narrator. And then she stops and turns and looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall and says, says something like, she said something like, don't you have more to go with, with than this? I forgot you are. Yeah, right. yeah. That is important. Cause she's writing a book. Cause she's writing a book and that, and like, she's got writer's block. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so then yes, Ethan is proposing. And to me, to me, I got an ick because I would never want to be with somebody who <laughs> would think that that was the right proposal for me because I mean, they just wouldn't. So it's just like, so to me, I, but I understand it and stuff, but it was just funny uh-huh. because she walks in and there's this shrine to her uh-huh. slash their relationship that was uh-huh. like candlelit. And it really looked like a roadside memorial. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she's like looking at it and she's all, she's very calm and he's just playing 
a song. He's playing a foreigner song or a song that seemed to transition into a foreigner song. And then he was doing an acoustic version of hot blooded. Right. And it was entirely that song. But I mean, I it was so I had to be I was like, I could anticipate the next line, but I couldn't remember what song it was. So yeah, yeah, it was just so so weird, because it was acoustic and out of tune and everything. Yeah. So, so then, um, but then when he gets down on one knee, she's shocked. And I was like, what the hell did you think was happening? (laughs) Well, you know, he could have been having a stroke. (laughs) No, I thought it was cute Uh, that he had all those friends there. What I absolutely loved, loved, was that he asks her to marry him and then they immediately panned to her out front with her two nameless best friends literally drinking from a bottle of champagne. Which they I loved, never do. That's so realistic for us. Uh-huh. But they never do that in Hallmark movies. No, and it was and a I great segue. They're like, maybe? The yeah. answer is maybe. <laughs> so that told us everything we needed to know. And it told us much better than watching it. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with that. And I, and I like that. And I... Again, I think one of my problems was that this premise was all predicated on her realizing that this boyfriend is someone she should go with, which I guess I just fundamentally disagree with <laughs> because I think if your answer is maybe, yeah, you have a lot more to consider about like why about whether or not you want to be in that relationship. I don't know. I mean, and they could have set it up better as if like, you know, she's just she's always had commitment, like runaway bride vibes, you know, like she's always she's always left relationships. She's always gotten scared when there's commitment because blah, blah, blah happened in her past. But it didn't really give us that. And so I didn't really have enough context to me. All it was was she has this nice boyfriend who she likes and everything seems fine. But he asked her to propose and then she freaked out. I don't and, like, know. I don't know that it's I de- I hear you, but I might there might be a point to may be made for somebody who has a particular romantic ideal all their mm-hmm. life literally you know all her her conscious life mr darcy yeah I mean, he's he's not that great um he's but uh and um and 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 kind of in the back of her mind is always no nobody is exactly that so she is you know what i mean i don't know mm-hmm. yeah no i i know because I, I she just, was I would very have clearly sort of- written as fond of of Ethan. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It wasn't... Um- I just could have done with some emotional resonance for why she wants Mr. Darcy. Why uh-huh. is that her romantic ideal? I needed to know, in a real movie, mm-hmm. why that was what she felt. Maybe this is where and why this should be a book. I don't know. Um, because you can go a little bit deeper with that stuff. Uh, instead of having her, you know, have awkward conversations. It's, I think screenwriting is very hard for complex emotion well i mean you say that but like hard yes but it can be done <laughs> i mean it's like uh-huh. that's what i keep being struck by when i watch. I'm like this movie is and it's uh, recently i've you know now that i'm not watching with a million dietary <laughs> like now that i'm not watching with a million digestive medicine commercials uh-huh. i know that it's only an hour and a half long which is 90 minutes is a tight turnaround to get yeah. stuff done uh-huh because I kept thinking they're two hours long, like two hour yeah. long movies do so much, but like and an, yeah. an hour and a half, certainly, certainly a great screenwriter mm-hmm. w- with freedom, because I understand this could be a great screenwriter who just doesn't have freedom because Hallmark is really restrictive. Uh-huh. It's still going to have a huge challenge, but it's just mm-hmm. like, it can still be done. I mean, like you mm-hmm. just think about the short movies that have made such a crazy impact. I mean, it happened one night, you know, like whatever it's like. 
So I just think about that when I'm watching this kind of thing. But I, it, but also because it's so easy to see the fix. Just give us a reason why this. Yeah, we mm-hmm. won't, we won't, we won't question it so much. But anyway, carry on. Well, as a writer, uh, you know that you you really need somebody who's not afraid to be honest with you to look at it uh, mm-hmm. with fresh eyes and say, "This is what from where I'm sitting." I'm I'm wishing there was a little bit more X. Well, so, it happens yeah. all the time that we know it too well. Like like oh, I, I, God, I'll be yes. writing I'll be writing a proposal and I'll leave out like four really important things because I haven't realized that it's not on the page because I know it in my head so well. And then you'll oh, see yeah. it or something like that, and then you'll just be like, "Wait, who is this person?" I'm like, "Oh, right, I forgot to mm-hmm. explain." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or too often, you know, we and even with Jack. Because uh, Jack's a great reader, uh, but and gives good feedback. But if if I'm throwing things at you guys and getting it back and throwing it, you're going to start missing stuff too. So it is hard. Writing is hard. That's Writing what this is podcast hard. is about. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Please go to our nameless best friends Instagram <laughs> and agree with us because we can't mm-hmm. take it if you don't. <laughs> Let's go ahead and put a tip jar there too because yeah. we're not making money at what we're so fucking good at. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. (laughs) anyway so she gets in a cab you know still still you know still maybeing gets in a cab it's rocking her around and boom she's in a carriage yeah it was a fun transition and and it really was and visually oh my gosh this was so visually pretty very much like ghosts actually the Mm -hmm. um the the british one you know i mean just because it's british countryside and stuff yeah uh so then uh yeah, I can't remember. Oh, so she goes, yeah, she's introduced as the cousin. There again, you could make a quibble for like, okay, who did they think her parents were? Why didn't they ask after her parents? Like they're expecting cousin Harriet. Who do yeah. they think she is? Blah, blah, blah. They didn't. Well, what happened to Harriet? If Harriet was on her way. That too. Or is but she I also, just embodying the, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fiction. So, but I mean, we just had to go willing suspension of disbelief with that one. And I didn't um, mind. That's the thing is that it's not I that I need everything. It. <laughs> no, that's what I mean is that like, it's certainly not that I just like, I need them. I need to force like, okay, keep explaining stuff to me. Like I'm an idiot. It's not that like some stuff is fine. I didn't really need to understand the the designing principle of that. It's like, well, that's and, fine. And that would have been easily handled by, and it's been so long since I've heard from your mother, my second cousin. I don't know anything that's happened since you were a toddler. Yes, Come exactly. in, have some tea and catch me up. You know, yes, I mean, it really yes. a throwaway line like that. And, and, and it's not deep. Because you, you as the viewer or the reader, if it's a book, you take that in and somewhere in, you know, you register that and it goes with your understanding of what the story is. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. that could have been easily handled. 
Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> if you're going to have something that is sort of like, you know, supernatural, uh, supernatural. Yeah. Like magical realism or whatever this is, you mm-hmm. know, like she's, she's in this plot. She's in this uh, plot all of a sudden. It's just, it's, <laughs> I don't mind that there are little things missing like that mm-hmm. little, like that little explanation or whatever. But again, yes, a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. I think that the things that really bump for people, the things that really like get people to feel like something is missing is almost always character. Mm-hmm. So, like, I needed to understand more about her, not so much about why about the plot, although I did care about that. But it's just, like, it's it's secondary, I think, that, like, people people are willing to be like, okay, so she lives in a lake house and she puts a letter in the mailbox. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but it's, like, mm-hmm. if we don't understand what Sandra Bullock will get out of this romance with Keanu Reeves, then then that's what's mm-hmm. really going to matter. Mm-hmm. I need to rewatch that. I'm it's not insane. <laughs> actually positive I've seen it. I, Although I remember it and I remember those two being in it, but I think there was something really similar that I conflated with. But anyway, so we she goes to sleep. She wakes up. Uh, Kitty is waking her up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because then our, our girl Harriet is saying this is creepy. And then she's like, well, I just want to go take a shower. And Kitty says, well, it's Saturday, so we use the basin. And she goes, well, that would explain the smell. (laughs) The scent. Yes. Jane, the person who played Jane, is so incredibly beautiful. Oh, God, she's beautiful. She's so beautiful. (laughs) I thought it every time she was on the screen. She was gorgeous from every single angle. Unbelievable. you know what? She really played Jane well, too. Mm -hmm. She did. And just to remind everybody, this is not Jane Austen. Um, yeah, because of last week's movie. movie, I do. I mentioned this seriously because not to be mixed up with last week's movie. But um, yeah, Jane is just the uh, eldest She's sister so that they're trying to marry off. But my God, that actress was beautiful. She As I believe do- Jane was in the book. Did you see um, the Maison Margiela show uh, from Fashion Week? No. It was really, really cool makeup. They kind of looked like uh, like dolls a little bit. Like I'll just I'll send you a picture. But honestly, oh, this do. girl looked well let me just show you right now because whatever then you can post it right yeah because she looked like this naturally okay so i just sent it to you and it's pat mcgrath is the makeup oh she's so good oh lord it's so cool isn't it fuck it's beautiful it's just skin yeah it's so interesting and it's you see how and after everybody you know has been saying gla- that they want glass skin to, to go in this like extreme direction. I just sent you another picture, but mm-hmm. that's honestly how beautiful that <laughs> girl was. She she looked like this makeup, t- but naturally. What we're looking at, and you can post this, I think, right? But we're looking at a picture. One of these girls is uh, has very pale skin and like blue all around her eyes, and her top lip is green. And it sounds hideous, but it's just quite. Quite beautiful. And then this other girl, what would you say that's like a greenish yellow blush? Yeah, crazy. it's it's crazy. It's it's kind of unbelievable. I mean, the one girl has the most classic look with like the beige around her eyes and then the red mm-hmm. lips and sort of Edith Piaf eyebrows. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, and then the darker skinned girls have that jewel tone makeup on and it just mm-hmm. it's so pretty. It's just, yeah, I mean, first of all, I was obsessed with that show. It's like my favorite fashion week thing i've ever seen because well, i love usually... their perfume too their replicas oh, maison marcial is great but I, so i can't pronounce I... them but yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean so anyway that's what jane reminded me of mm-hmm. she was just so pretty i couldn't take my eyes off her honestly uh-huh. i was just like Stunning. good lord 
So, um, yeah. So, so, so Harriet ends up at the market. I love this moment where she thought she saw Ethan in the crowd Mm -hmm. and goes chasing after him. And again, this was kind of a fun way to give us a couple pieces of information. One is that she cared and that she really, really hoped it was Ethan. So that Mm -hmm. was, you know, that's that, that told us again, this is not the, uh, the fiance she's going to dump or who's going to dump her. Right. Uh, It was not Ethan. And it was some scared young man. And she said, what year is it? He's like, huh? She's year of our Lord. And he says, 1813 and take my hat. It's all I have. And she (laughs) said, I don't have any money. Take my hat. It's all I have. (laughs) And she takes it. Um, (laughs) So, but then she says, oh God, that that makes sense. There's no planes. There's no power lines. That was good. And she said, I'm I'm trapped in Pride and Prejudice. That's when she puts it together. Yep. <laughs> but they take her back to the house at where where she's like on a fainting couch in a fainting position oh. with a cool compress on well, her. The scene cuts and then they're like, then it's all the girls who are standing around and they're just like, we just found her. They found her like this. And she, and they were like, and then she's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Well, and then they're talking about her. And then she's just like, you know, I can hear you. Right. And then she said, no, they okay? said it. Be, they said, this? maybe it's because she's so old because she told them that yeah. she was over 30. Maybe it's because she's so old. And she just goes, you know, I can hear you. Right. So then she decides, though, to, to spare us all the bullshit and tells two of the sisters. She's like, I have something to tell you. I can see the future, which right. is better than I'm a time traveler because that wouldn't exactly be accurate. Right. Right. But they, one of them says, are you mad? fake. <laughs> yes, right. She says, are you mad? And she says, well, there is still that possibility. <laughs> and they said, who will we marry? And uh, she tells Li- – oh, so one of them was Lizzie, the, yes. the main character of Pride and Prejudice, that it's Darcy. And and she says, well, at least he's rich. <laughs> and I was wondering, like, why are you acting like he's no big deal suddenly? Well, she the, she told the other one was maybe Jane – I don't remember who marries Wickham. No, no, it's not Mr. Bingham. She, whoever it is that marries Bingham, she said. She said, Jane. "Mr. Okay, when she she says to Jane, uh, you're gonna marry Mr. Bingham,' and she's like, oh my god!' And then then score. Elizabeth, yeah, and Elizabeth <laughs> is like, "Well, anybody could have seen that coming. Now, who will I marry?" And she's like, "What, <laughs> Mr. Darcy?" And then she's just like, "You are not only f- something, but you are also cruel." And then she leaves. But so. Yeah, I but and uh, but that we also missed a scene where they were all sitting around in their nightgowns when she did say that she was old because she said mm-hmm. she said how old are you and she said and then she said are you but thirty and she said I'm over thirty and mm-hmm. she was just like <gasps> and then she says well how old are you then how many years do you have and she said. I'm old enough that it's not not weird that we're sitting around in our nightgowns together, which I didn't really understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, meaning that it's weird to sit around in your nightgowns together as if it's you a, you're grow my way out past of, slumber parties or something. I don't yeah, really know. I guess, I, I mean, old enough maybe in time. Like I'm, as in I'm from 2024, and so we don't wear nightgowns anymore. Like I don't know, I, the, the line didn't yeah, quite land. Know. There was a way to make it funny, but it wasn't quite yeah. didn't quite make any sense. I, it had the meter of a funny joke, but anyway. So then, yeah, it, and it becomes clear that this is a movie about Harriet stealing Elizabeth Bennett's boyfriend. <laughs> uh, like after the scene where she says who's going to marry who or whatever, I was kind of that's when I was kind of like, I wish that she didn't like Pride and Prejudice because her attitude is bad for a fan. 
Because yeah. like most of it was just like, do we really have to wear the corsets? And do we blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I don't know. Of course, mm-hmm. you'd be when you set aside the oh my god, I've lost my mind feeling. Uh-huh. You'd think you'd just be excited that you're spending time in a place that you probably dreamt about a lot. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree. As a person who, in fourth grade, rewrote the entire end of Black Beauty, <laughs> it might not have been a pleasant place to be. <laughs> Horses were dying, and London smelled bad, but it's it would still be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so then we we have them outside, and and uh, some men ride up. I think it was Bingham and and uh, and uh, but Wickham shows up too. So it's Bingham, Darcy, and Wickham shows up, and when he's introduced, she rolls her eyes. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Darcy says, quotes Lord Byron. She walks in beauty like the night. Beautiful, by the way. Um, Lord Byron is a dick, but very talented. But he says to <laughs> you heard it here first. Nameless best friends. Um, but he's he's uh he says, um he says, You have Miss Harriet, you have inspired me to write poetry, which was like so stupid because it was she says, as she says, it was plagiarism, mm-hmm. which inspired me to look it up. Um, and that poem was written in 1814, and we have just been told very specifically that the year here is 1813, yeah. and I don't know why they would not check. I I checked it, or maybe <laughs> I mean, like, jo- why didn't the writers check it? Or maybe that the joke was that Lord Byron plagiarized him, but they didn't make that half of the joke either. So where it's just like no, because he said something like, "Well, right. I, I will be," or some. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just. I don't need an inaccuracy an inaccuracy to get snagged on. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, just don't put it in there. I know. But um I did enjoy that she goaded Wickham into telling Lizzie, who was very interested in him, about his problem with Darcy. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. Well, don't don't you have a lot of debt or you know, so Yeah. 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 She was kinda like and she I she was had- having fun with character. Yeah, and she had no time for any of these men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was funny exactly. too. Yeah, well, it was, and and also, um, they she could have evolved to. In fact, she should have evolved to be very irritated with the story and the time that she was in, and including Darcy, like because mm-hmm. that was kind of the point. Mister Darcy, as a romantic hero that you have aspired to your whole life, ain't all that. You know what I mean? So that right. could have just it could have just started with her having so much more fun with this, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, where is the this? Where is the that? You know, like something that a real Austin head would know, and I do not. But Well, um, but the thing is, is that actually, like, what, like, in order to demonstrate, because, again, like, the plot of this is basically, like, a woman who is obsessed with Mr. Darcy can't say yes to her really nice fiancé that she does love because, just simply because he's not Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. So the exercise of her going into the plot should have been to understand that Mr. Darcy as is the -hmm. person she's been dreaming about, not this Mm -hmm. weird, goofy love puppy, but Mm -hmm. like this guy is actually in practice. It's a meet your heroes moment of like, actually that wouldn't be a relationship you'd want. Yeah. So like going back and then having him be the way Mr. Darcy truly was, which is like brusque and difficult Mm -hmm. and moody. It might be hot and it might be like, fun to like engage with and stuff but actually the lesson is not like well i went back and when he when he loved me he became a real dumbass 
Right. <laughs> like the lesson should be actually being with a good guy that I or- that I do love. Mm-hmm. is a stronger connection to have than to mm-hmm. be with this guy who actually like it's actually just a fantasy in which that feels okay and maybe it's like in this time or who I actually am or who he'd actually be in in practice would actually be really not great because that's the thing mm-hmm. being with a guy who was a dick for 2 years or whatever however long pride and prejudice took place for maybe it was longer is not somebody you should be with uh-huh just because he oh, he changed like actually he's pretty toxic so <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we women have long struggled with this. I can fix him. I can tame him. I can this. I can that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so would have been a more worthy lesson for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it would have been, I think, more fun to write and to watch. Again, mm-hmm. I am not backpedaling on loving this movie and saying it's the best Hallmark I've seen. No, <laughs> but you I, can say all this, and it can still mm-hmm. be the best Hallmark. <laughs> you've ever seen mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i until, enjoyed it more than get, yeah until we get to the ball mm. where i just didn't need to see sarah ferguson there stunt casting doesn't oh my god for me she, but she is doesn't she's a mess and I she's not an actress that was her yeah oh now it, yeah 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 i she struck me but i didn't oh now i have to look it up yeah yeah this uh just she was wearing very heavy uh, makeup that was not of the period and didn't it was just supposed to be flattering for her or something i don't know i'm of the generation that was just wild about about her and prince andrew once upon a time if you can imagine such a thing yeah <laughs> oh yeah now it's really obvious it's her i guess i wasn't looking that closely. well i saw her name in the credits in the opening um ah. i i don't know i would have had a moment of shock and i might as well as I know her face, I might have not placed it at first because it was so out of context here. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is that. But she was the Duchess, get it? Because she was Mm -hmm. the Duchess of York. Although every time she gained a pound, the British press called her the Duchess of Pork. Oh my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, Diana never got it. Diana was beloved always, but Fergie did not make that cut. Yeah. Oh my God. How awful. That's just the combination of like the the toxicity of the royals and the toxicity of press and the toxicity of like nineties heroin chic culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But it's it's at this um it's at this ball that Darcy proclaims his love for Harriet and proposes to her, I believe, but that's when she realizes that she's got a real emergency on her hands because Things She's are starting to domino. I just wanted the dominoes to be. I wanted it to. I wanted her to get there and have it be like a lot of things changed, yeah. and then she had to scramble to get it all back together. Instead, mm-hmm. it was just like one thing after the other kept like falling apart. But well, I like when she's sitting there mulling over the problem and how to solve it, and quotes Taylor Swift to herself and says, "Man, she really is the voice of a generation." Yeah, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. But as she's trying to pray, she doesn't know how to pray, so she's sitting by. <laughs> Sitting by a window, like very, like staged very much like somebody in a movie, a real movie like this would be like, Heavenly Father, please send me the one that I'm meant to be dreaming Adorable. of. Adorable. So, uh, anyway, then uh, where we have a scene where Jane screams because she's received a telegram or something very much like a telegram, and everybody runs in, and it's uh, from Lizzie announcing that she is marrying Wickham. Mm. So they must rush over and stop it right? and um, to stop the wedding. And 
you know, Harriet says something about to Mr. Darcy, I think about like you tell, tell her how much, you know, that he's in debt. She says he's in debt. And she says to Darcy, you know, you've got to tell her the truth, tell her the truth. And he just says something like name your price uh, just to, to get out of this now and not harm her reputation. And Lizzie mm-hmm. starts to say, our love does not have a price or something like that. Yeah, and he yeah. says 10,000. So that was perfect. And of course, what did he think was going to happen here? Because obviously then he, you know, she was going to leave and he wasn't going to have to pay up. So Wickham blew it there. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on the way out, Darcy and uh, Lizzie kind of link arms and Harriet, I mean, kind of like, you know, smiles to herself and gives herself a little nod like, okay, things are getting back on track. Her job is done. And this does lead to her returning to her time and place, Mm -hmm. which is fine. I mean, you know, that's good. Except for that the the existing story of Pride and Prejudice was not in trouble without her going and fixing it. So yeah, this was as far as time travel conventions go, this was a little bit unusual because she didn't have to go and fix something and come back. And that makes sense. And that's why this all happened. We don't know why all this happened. Except for I believe that the message was that she was supposed to be finding, figuring out was that that Mr. Darcy ain't all that. And that could have, you know, had a little bit more of a concentration in the plot. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It was even, I mean, I guess it's it's blasphemy to many, but it is kind of funny to, to make him into a bit of a buffoon. I just didn't enjoy it because if because I, I I just don't need that from that character. I don't need that character to be changed in that way. If I want to spend time with that character, I want that character to be that character because that's all mm-hmm. he is because he's not real. I agree. <laughs> so. I totally I do agree with that. That's why I said it would be blasphemy. But I'm just talking in terms of like if you want to make some sense of this, then probably better to have his coldness be something that her you know 21st century sensibility does not jive with. But Lizzie finds it, you know, irresistible. And and of course, Harriet knows he and Lizzie are perfect for each other. That would have been that would have been good. Just because the lesson had to be what you think you want is not what you want or need. Yes, exactly. Because and also, like you said, like her, the very like the thing that that the thing of her going into the book caused a problem that Mm -hmm. became the plot. And that's not strong enough. You you right. can't have that. You can't have the problem happen because the plot happens right. in that way. Like there are ways where problems can occur because of the choices made, obviously, of course, but like it can't be the crux of the thing. And like, I, you know, you could argue that it's whether or not she's, she's deciding whether or not to marry this guy, but that's such low stakes. Yeah. So, um, but then she, when she gets home, like, you know, it does the transition back from like the carriage back into the Uber or whatever, but it was mm-hmm. so depressing because it was just like really quiet reggaeton music playing in the background. And I was just like, Oh God, mm-hmm. get me out of this time. And then um, a very mean Uber driver, which yeah, I guess it's just, possible, but that didn't seem entirely realistic except for it was funny for her to have to go. She's trying, she, he, she's in the Uber. He's taking her to her home, which is what she presumably originally asked for. And uh, then she says, well, no, I changed my mind. Can you take me to this other address? Can you take me to my boyfriend's instead? And he says, no. Uh, And (laughs) they did this only for the kind of worth it visual of her being in the Jane Austen era, uh, Ampere dress Mm -hmm. slash nightgown. And having to, to uh, get an app and rent a Lime scooter. Yeah. And 
cat fly like some modern day witch on this scooter <laughs> to Ethan's house where she rushes to his door, rings the bell, gets his voicemail, which is a gets thing I don't understand. Voicemail. Yeah. yeah. I, my last note was, am I crazy? Are there not voicemails on door buzzers? But there might be. There must be because that's too weird to just make up. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's just, an, I've never experienced that in no. New York, which is where I assumed that it would be, but sure. Yeah, let's go with that. But she's telling him everything that she has done wrong and, and you know, that she was a fool. And he uh, is walking up. We see that he's listening in, in real life. He's behind her. He's not in the apartment ignoring her and listening to this voicemail happen. And it was cute because... The thing is, you know, the guy's just great, you know, like she, you, goofy and all of that. Yes. But she, uh, you know, she, he makes his presence known and she's so glad to see him and rushes into his arms. And she says, will you marry me? Which was also very yeah, also unusual for Hallmark fucking convention. Yeah. Wonderful. And he says, maybe. And it yeah, was very which was her cute. answer. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then and she then says, they, is that a yes, though? <laughs> Yeah, of course. It yeah. was cute. And and I believe that they lived happily ever after. Yeah, they're fine. They're just going to go to foreigner concerts and like have an edible or whatever. And <laughs> well, and they're not they're probably going to be able to get good seats. So more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're foreigners probably coming here to Agua Caliente. Yeah, you know seriously. what I mean? Like this is where Playing we get our a casino near wagon. you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So I just, I mean, I thought it was delightful. And just a small note, but like last week's movie, I really loved the the sort of period reflective um, graphics of the mm. opening and closing. Yeah. I don't yeah, know what you call that, but it was just, it was very pleasant. It, set a, it was, yeah, and the style and the colors were just really soothing and nice and set the mood right away. And, and I think that there are a lot of people in the, in the making of this movie should be complimented, you know, because it, yeah. it was, it was great. I thought it was great. I don't have, yeah. I mean, we already talked about thing the whole time we've talked about how to fix it or improve it, but all in all, I mean, I heartily recommend it and I will definitely watch it again. I didn't delete it. Yeah, it's just it's just I mean, what we again, what we talked about a lot during Countdown to Christmas was just like, we just want a nice Yule log to put on. And this is a lovely thing to just have on in an afternoon mm -hmm. while you're like chopping vegetables for dinner or whatever. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we have one more Love You Airy movie to go. And they mm -hmm. haven't announced anything about March. I don't mm. think mm. so. God willing, there won't be any homework movies. <laughs> Or they're all going to be about leprechauns, because I could go with that, too. <laughs> oh, God, that means I'm going to have to do a leprechaun Hallmark parody. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, my God. Well, you're going to have to anyway, I think, now. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've mentioned um, it. Well, and so I guess we'll we'll talk about it more once we see what. But if they don't do any movies in March, that's great because it opens us up to do some other stuff. We've been talking mm -hmm. about doing. We've talking talking about doing some other like rom coms and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I just asked you and Richie if you would do the new horrifying looking J Lo. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to call it a movie. No, I, I read experience? it. That's why I was asking you, what is it? Because I don't it's 65 know. It's like a, minutes long. Yeah, it looks like a it's a documentary, and yet it's not a documentary. And she's it's about J-Lo, but from the perspective of Jennifer Lopez, as if J-Lo's fictional. I don't know. It's just a big, huge ego fest. So like <laughs> Hannah Waddingham before her, 
Exactly. IMDb describes it as this film is one component of a three part $20 million self financed multimedia project that examines Jennifer Lopez's life as a serial romantic and includes the album This Is Me Now and the soon to be released documentary The Greatest Love Story Never Told. So. Oh, the greatest. And I guess that that means Ben Affleck is the greatest love story never told. Boy, when I picture his bored looking face at all the events they've gone to together, I, I guess I don't want great love. Somebody, so there's a featured review on IMDb <laughs> that begins with, bless her heart, the secondhand embarrassment while watching this is just painful. I couldn't watch it. I can't wait. So we'll be doing that. So we will be doing lots of uh, insipid delights. And mm-hmm. if you don't know, I don't know how you would. It's like, you know, people always say this on podcasts, but it's like you're looking at it. It's on an app, but... We're doing Love is Blind and we're doing The Traitors. Mm-hmm. I fear The Traitors is about to come to an end. Love yeah. is Blind. I think they're about to just dump the last six episodes. I don't know, but mm-hmm. that has been so fun to watch. And mm-hmm. we're about to do some recording of those episodes that I'm excited to talk about. it. There's so much to be said. So if you're not listening to those episodes, get on it because those shows are great. And at this point, you can binge a lot and you don't have to like wait week to week or anything like that, which is enviable. Correct. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, I'm going to go stand in the rain until I'm drenched. Okay. Well, it shouldn't take long, huh? No. Let me know if you need anything. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.